If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here, and welcome Again, to another edition of the Husker Line Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washett, Sip and I back from Texas. Uh, got back this morning. It was a quick turn. We were working till about midnight. Sip in the lounge inside the Marriott and Houston's airport. Not had, the lounge lounge. It was like a work area. Yeah, lounge. like a business lounge. Like, you guys are at the bar. Yeah. We were not no, the it was ripping margs. It was Rice Krispie treats, <laughs> cookies. Chex Mix, water, and a fountain soda machine. Oh, and they had these fabulous, oh, what are those chocolate chip bars? They're like chocolate chip bars. Yeah, they had. I ripped like four down right away. But it was fat. I mean, it's a room with free food, and we're trying to write the satellite camp coverage. And the amount of people when there's free food just come in and out, they, they, and they're looking like we're intense. Like Sip and I, when we're working, I mean, it's people are like, what are these guys doing? Like, I've seen it. Yeah. Um, so I'm still sweaty. Can you see the sweat on? But yeah, How it was a quick turn. Like, you look way better than me. Well, I, sh- I showered. Oh, that's, that's, a, big, that's, that's a big part. That's yeah. one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but we're back from Texas, and it was quite a trip. Um, and we're going to talk about that in the opening three segments, just different things we learned. Because uh, we, we were with Coach Rule, seven of his assistant coaches, um, all throughout the week. I mean, we had interaction, direct interaction, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. There's a big visitor weekend. Offers were made. Um, but yeah, I want to start really with one of the bigger things we learned mm-hmm. from Matt Rule. And we talked briefly in our YouTube piece last night, Sip, about this from Houston. But Nebraska is going to open fall camp in the dorms for, for 12 days. The players will report July 30th. Um, and the 31st is the first practice. And then for about two weeks, the team will live in the Selleck dorm building which is the oldest dorm complex on city campus, steps from the union. It's an old-school approach. Um, you know, I've talked to some players from the 90s and whatnot. They, they never did that under Osborne either. So this is um, – I mean, I think you got to go pre-Navani the last time Nebraska housed their team, you know, over that entire period for a fall camp. And let me tell you, the reception from Husker fans has been pretty excited. This is cool. I like this idea by Matt Rule. Yeah, Rule – of course, you know, you talk to him, and he was surprised by kind of the hubaloo over it. Like, why is this What's such the big a, deal? <laughs> now, he'll learn that things like that, that sort of angle that's fresh and unique, is, <laughs> yeah, that gets a lot of attention. And it is, I think it is significant. I mean, it's a significant development that no coach has done that in our lifetime, right? Well, you um, at least not in our working lifetime. And it's, it's a team bonding thing. It makes, I guess the thing is, Sean, it makes a lot of sense under the circumstances. And the big thing is the, the coaches, you know, the coaches are going to be there for 12 days. These grown men, these 40 and 50 year old guys are going to be sleeping in little dorm beds. Uh, but again, it's, 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 there's a purpose behind it. And that's getting this team together. And it'll be interesting how the guys respond. I mean, that, yeah, you know, a lot of these guys have probably never done something like that where, you know, it's like going to summer camp when you were a kid, you'd go home, I'd go away to a camp for a week and mm-hmm. live in a dorm. Kids don't really do that anymore. They don't, you know, go somewhere and stay for a week, probably unplug all their technology for the well, most I don't know part. if they'll have to, will yeah. they have to unplug their technology? I mean, I'm sure for 
They might. I'm not saying they I mean, they're won't. They're not going to bring in a. I mean, there's going to be some probably personal time, but there's going to be no girlfriends. There's going to be unless they sneak in. <laughs> I joked to somebody today. Probably the most popular week will be sorority rush week because um, <laughs> the Selig dorm building will have probably the best view of sorority rush when it's going on on okay. campus. That Robin, week. let's see what Robin thinks. <laughs> uh, okay, so I was never smart enough to stay in Selig, so you. Uh, no, that's the honor. You're 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 thinking Nyhart. Oh, Selleck oh, yeah. was the international dorm. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you're, remember the thrower Carl That doesn't Myers work either. And didn't apply for that either, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was like where a lot of the Asian students lived, the international students yeah. lived. Yeah, So I don't know how nice those are compared to like, so I, st- I lived in Shram. And Shram was like, when you think of just like a cruddy old dorm, that's what it was. Like, do we know the difference between Selleck and like Harbor Shram's middle? Oh, it's, I mean, I, I hate to. It, it looks old. I mean, it looks like a project or something. It's it's easy. Not, it, it, I mean, it's, it's easy. It's not like it's it's an old building. Okay. Like, so it's not like one of the new like no, suites. No, okay, it's All not. Right. It's, it's possible it's been updated, and we just don't know. Abby's it. actually like gone to school within the last right. ten years here. And she says <laughs> she gives a thumbs down. So yeah. okay, so that I mean I think is is telling. It's not like they're putting them in like the real like the three room suites with like a kitchen and all that sort of stuff like. This is actual dorm life. And one of the questions was Barracks. Like, there, there's the there's the players perspective, but the coaches staying in there as well. Did you guys kind of get a vibe for like how they're reacting to that? I, like I, yeah. these six figure, you know, well, high majors, seven, six, six to seven figure coaches seven, yeah. staying in a in a dorm room. Yeah, I asked Marcus Satterfield about it. He he's he's a guy who's kind of hard to read. And he said, he's, I'm excited about it. I said, are you really? Um, and he said, I am. Hmm. I, I, he, he did seem genuinely excited by it. But I think it's more, Robin, when you cover a coach like this in Fred Hoiberg, it's, it's more of a practical thing. Like, it's, it is a team building. Mm-hmm. So you, the comfort thing's sort of secondary. We, we have a job to do. We have to get this team together. We're a new staff. We have to bond with this team. So we're going to do that. We're going to do this. Um, it's not comfortable, but it but that that uh, team bonding element supersedes everything else, mm-hmm. and it it could be kind of fun, you know. Yeah. Could, but but uh, the one thing I want to add, and you guys have been around these camps for years, these August camps, preseason camps. It's intense. It's one of the most intense times in, like I say, sports. I mean, what, what that I cover. That I've covered in my life. August can be well, really hard for guys. It's you know? the only time you get unlimited time. Mm-hmm. You know, once school starts. Only co- the time coaches get unlimited time, right? Yeah. That's what you're saying? Unlimited time. Like, yeah. so when school starts, you have the 20-hour week. Right now, in the summer, they get eight hours a week. Okay. During fall camp, they get unlimited hours a week. So what they're doing is, we're going to get you for 16 hours a day. Whoa. Yeah. And we're going to... We're not, we're going to 14. <laughs> well, but I get you. No, I get what you you're get saying. What I'm saying. Like we're yeah, going to, we're yeah. going to maximize yeah. when you wake up and when you go to bed, other than that, you're ours. Mm-hmm. And we're going to build this team this mm-hmm. way. You know, the only other team I've heard locally do something like that. Remember Pat Burns, the old UNO coach. I do. He used to take his team to Elkhorn Mount Michael. Is that mm-hmm. right? And you know, that that's an isolated place. Mm-hmm. They have dorms there. And I know they ran some camps there, if I'm not mistaken. And if somebody in our YouTube comments wants to chime in, I don't know how many former Maverick football player listeners we Probably, have. But, I'm sure we have some. Uh, but I want to say they used to do that. But you know, I, you've heard teams like Arizona State. Mm-hmm. You can't practice in Tempe outside in August. So like that was a team I know that would go away in the mountains. Well, and Rule pointed out it's common – in the pros, in the NFL. Well, the Chiefs used to go to River Falls, Wisconsin. Chiefs mm-hmm. go up to Wisconsin. That's a good example. But there's other teams that do it, too. So. And the media would stay in the dorms. Right. I did think it was sort of funny that Rule said, I don't know what the big deal is. I, he's kind of learned that – I always, well, Parker Gabriel is the one who always used to tell, say the words to writers at the Journal Star, no angle too small <laughs> when you're covering Nebraska football. No angle too small. 100%. Yeah. And this is actually a pretty significant one that just popped up organically um, at a stadium at Mary Harden Baylor in Belton, Texas. Did I get that right, Belton? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of our page views on that story. It's far and away the most viewed story we've had in the last few months. Yeah. I mean, put Rob, that we got to step it up. 
Rob, sorry, sorry that's a, guys. That's a, that's a Sean Callahan byline. Absolutely. I mean, damn it. He's running laps damn at this it. point. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him. Well, I mean, it's, it's just, <laughs> no wonder he's so. Bubbly. I made it free, and it wasn't a premium link, so that I stole like the the great Steve Sipple is premium. You, you gotta Always. you gotta pay to read Steve. I, Sipple. I prefer that you refer to me as the great Steve Sipple. <laughs> <laughs> so there was another question on the topic of fall yes. camps being held elsewhere. You know, like how they do it in the NFL. That would never happen in Nebraska, obviously, logistically. Like, there's just too much. Well, it did happen in the 50s. Okay. They used to go to Curtis. It's a much Nebra- different animal They now. used to go to Curtis, Nebraska. To, Crazy. Um, where the agriculture college yeah. is for the university, and it was called Camp Curtis. Mm-hmm. And they would just beat the living tar out of the team. Mm-hmm. To there the point no, where. There were no hour rules, by like the way. Junction, junction Boys style. Uh, yeah. And Bobby Reynolds, who was the first Heisman finalist in Nebraska's history, Essentially, he suffered like a career-ending injury in Camp Curtis. Mm. So, I mean, Bobby Bobby Reynolds held the record for points per game. That until Reggie Bush broke his record. That's how long he. I mean, he was a great player at Nebraska. A training camp like that away from campus, like, essentially ended his career. He, ne- he never really was the same player after the injuries he suffered that fall camp. Yeah, but what? Per- Regarding Robin's point, it would be real, really be difficult logistically to pull weights. Yeah, yeah, just all the equipment, the recovery, yes, nutrition, the training tables, stuff yeah. like that. Like, there's just a lot. But and I thought it'd be interesting, like thinking of hypothetical destinations for where they could do that. Where would that be in the state? Because there's Sewer not a lot Nebraska. of like, well, the small colleges are already having their. That's own what I'm practices. saying. Like all like the the facilities that would be good enough are going to be being used mm-hmm. by those schools. That's so. why like Elkhorn Mount Michael made sense. Because it's isolated as dorms and it's got fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for that, Rob. Maybe like one of those big high schools, Noma or something. Yeah, yeah you got to have dorms though. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no, it'd be hard to pull. So off. long story short, it ain't happening. All right, when we come back, <laughs> we're gonna give more from what we learned this week in Texas. Uh, some more team nuggets and yeah. notes. Uh, that's next. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. Hi, Sean Callahan with the Husker Online Show. So what are Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off, and they must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, uh, continuing um, our discussion from Texas, uh, Sip and Robin. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was interesting, too, just to see Matt Rule in action this week, um, just watching him make offers live on the field, watching these coaches interact coach. And that's what Evan Cooper said to me. He goes, the most fun I have is this coaching. Like, he goes, we haven't coached in spring ball and, and just being out here coaching and developing young kids. It's a lot of fun. And and the one thing about the staff is they are not afraid, and we'll get into this in the recruiting segment, to pull the trigger on a guy that may not have other offers. I mean, they, they have a certain profile they're looking for, and if they see it, they don't hesitate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when you go to a, a camp like this, it's very striking they're, this is their livelihoods. They have to find players. There's a mass of players. There was 300 players at the camp in Houston, uh, the Houston Satellite Camp. And, and it's you know we can hang back and miss a guy. Doesn't matter. They got to see. They got to. It's you have these mass of players. Well, a lot of them look pretty good, but you got to pick out the real good ones. They're not wearing name tags. They're not wearing numbers. So it's work. That's what I'm getting at here. It's work, and they were working. I mean, rules time in forties. Um, he's he's you know he's he hangs back and watches kind of the big picture, and the other guys kind of go in and get their hands a little dirtier. Although rule does too. So yeah, I mean, I just I just enjoyed watching him work, and I think that part. Listen, I'm not going to get into this thing where we say, well, rule works harder than all of all of the Nebraska coaches that have come down the pike. I don't know about that. Those guys had to work, Bo and. Right. It's how you work. Yeah, it's kind of how you work, um, and he's very in- like he is very intentional. And I've never seen a guy work as I've never seen a head coach work his phone like Rule. 
me. He is always, always doing something on his phone. He puts notes into it, I know. He's, he's I don't know, he just works the phone really well. And he's he's made mention of that, too, that he's he's a phone guy. Well, I mean, the few times I've had to interact with him. Yeah. Boom. You know, you, I'll just put it this way. A lot of times a head coach may not ever respond to you, or it could be hours, days. Mm-hmm. His responses are seconds, mm-hmm. minutes. I mean, yeah, he, he, I think he is like that. I mean, he's very plugged in. When he's plugged in, he's plugged in. Yeah, he he's, and he was plugged in at this. And you know, let's see, let's see how it is. You know, I got to do this. I mean, you have to do this with new coaches. Will he be this way? For instance, with you, with us in year two or year three, like when, where he just walked up to the, he just walked up to us the other day and said, hey, I know you guys are always looking for talking points. Here's one. Uh, <laughs> Story idea for you. Like, well, thank you very much. Uh, so you're saying you your, uh, you Sunday, your Sunday morning columns might change his tone during the season. <laughs> well, well you don't always get that, right? I mean, you don't, you don't always get that from a head coach. I doubt Abby always gets that from John Cook. You didn't get that from – you just don't get that very often. I know you guys are always looking for things to talk about. Here's a couple examples. <laughs> um, so that was very refreshing. So – with rule, you know, we've heard a lot about that part of him mm-hmm. and his work ethic and just how uh, much of a grinder he is. And yes, it's true. But what I want to know is in that setting, and you know, we saw a little bit of it in the spring in the, the brief glimpses we got of spring ball practices, but the rest of the staff, I mean, it seems like everyone is kind of built like that and kind of follows that same grinder mentality in, in that setting did mm-hmm. that did that come off yeah, they're not all the same because guys because people aren't all the same but yeah it de- it de- yeah rob it definitely does and cooper i mean you do notice mcguire yeah you, you, yeah but cooper like it's kind of like cooper does he'll he'll you could literally see cooper looking at guys an- analyzing guys then reporting to rule i mean i saw mm-hmm. it at least once or twice like his and level of trust in Evan Cooper is high. Yeah, like, and it, it comes. That's one of the things he said from day one. From day what one. Matt Rule said about yeah. Cooper. And yeah, defensive, and you do see it. You do see it. And as far as defensive back recruiting goes, like if you don't fit the profile that he's looking for, Evan Cooper, Evan Cooper, which he, is what long, rangy, mm-hmm. athletic, track right. times, right. film. You know, a guy that they can build up. Like then they're not going to go out. I mean, they generally all- not. I think I think there's exceptions. Like I think Malcolm Hartzog is not one of their recruits, but he's he's an ex- he's an ex- like an example of an exception to the rule, right? He's Mister Mississippi in football, right? And they and I could see them. I don't know. I you wonder a little bit. I guess would they recruit Malcolm Hartzog? I don't know. I guarantee you there's exceptions. You could probably find him on their own roster. Like last night, every guy that they offered and pulled out was six four, six five, and had verified track times whether it was a 10-6 or a 48 or a 49 mm-hmm. in the 400 meter I mean legit marks how much do you think in a, in a camp like that one of the things the staff is so becoming so well known for is seeing long-term potential at different positions and seeing yeah. what a guy will be in two or three years yeah. like I mean I don't obviously you're not in the conversations with these guys but do you Get a sense that, you know, Kai is working with the tight ends or whatever it may be, but, like, how much do you think that they're evaluating the intangibles, the speed about what they might project to be at the next level down the road in in a few seasons? I think you do that with about everybody, right? But there's some that are more – there's some – I think what you're getting at, Rob, is there's some players that are less obvious than others Mm -hmm. that you know that you point at them and say, ah, it's – it's not readily apparent, but look at this, this, and this, and it could work. Um, is that what you'd say? Well, there's things you can't coach. Height, length, for sure. track, time, speed. I mean, well, Arm length, for like sure. Like, a guy can come to you with 11-2 speed. You're not going to make him 10-6. But a guy that's 6-5 that runs 10-6, you can do something. like Yeah. And, and we saw that trend immediately play out with the staff and recruiting. Bryce Turner, Jalen Lloyd. They go in off of these guys, Eric Fields, Jeremiah Charles, a 50-foot triple jumper. I mean, they, they immediately, you know, look at those marks because, like, if you have that type of verified explosion in speed, we feel like if we develop you, we can make you great. Yeah, good examples, right, is the kid. I mean, we might as well just name him Braylon Prude, the kid from Peerland, Texas. That He's they- coming on an official visit, on, and we'll talk about him more in our next segment in the recruiting. Okay, I'm sorry. But June, yeah, June 16th, he's coming. But yeah, Braylon Prude, 6'5. 190. 
and he's a 48 in the 400. 49.86. 49.86, which is good. Uh, big, long kid. But, yeah, that's – and that Van Keith Brown, too. I mean, Yeah, Van Keith Brown is a 48. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Van Keith Brown's from Katy, Texas. And he now he popped to me and Sean. We were watching – we were we were watching the workouts. He's six. I mean, Robin. He's six five, one ninety receiver. Had a you know he just stood out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I wasn't surprised when I saw uh, Garrett McGuire locked in hard on him. Um, and then then you know he goes over to Rule and then it kind of sets everything in motion. It was kind of funny to see like Rule, you know they they kind of consult. You, you see it happening. We're kind of at a distance and. They want to offer a guy, and, and rules like I want to offer this guy. Bring him over, you know. And like, yeah, what was that scene? Who was that with? Was that with Pru- with? Uh, it was Pru- with Cooper, or it was yeah, it was with Van Keith. Okay, no, it was with Prude, and and I, I think Cooper was like, I'll offer him, and, and I think Rules like, no, I'll offer him. I want to, I want to be, I want to be the guy involved in this offer. Yeah. Um, and Rule was really big. He told me this. He goes, when we go out here, we want to make sure we visibly make an offer at every one of these camps because then more kids will come if they know you're going to offer. Mm-hmm. And so they made one offer in the first one and three or four, three in the second one. And there, there might be more that comes out of that second camp. Yeah, and here's the deal, guys. Spark Dog, I think, made a post on the board, which was really, it was really good. I, see, what, what happens is fans see this level of effort, this work ethic. They go down, they, this, these guys go down to Texas. They hear Matt Rule, how, he, how well he's – presents himself to fans, to media, to everybody. And it, it, it'll help him by, I don't want to say by time, but people will be more patient with him because um, they know he's working. Um, they know that they're doing all they can. And they are. I, now, I'm convinced of that. I, I don't mind saying that. I don't like to get into the comparisons of head coaches' work ethic. Those guys, they make millions of dollars. Of course they work hard. Now, some work harder than others. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. And rule, I can say, is at the high end of it. Um, but but people know, people do notice what he's doing, and I do think it, I think there'll be more patience. I mean, this is not going to be easy for him. And I, and I think what he's doing, he's not, I don't think he's doing it intentionally for that reason, but I think it will – it will lead to more patience. It all seems like the groundwork for yes. kind of the long-term build. Yes. Like stuff like this is the foundation of what they want oh, this to do. That's exactly right. And they're going to be down there every year. Rob, that's exactly right. Like this satellite camp trip, I mean, I think they're going to do a Texas a couple of days there every year. Yeah. That's the plan. Uh, with yeah. coaches' clinics worked around it. And, and we'll, we'll carry that over our next day. When we come back, uh, we'll hit on more recruiting nuggets and news um, that's happening this week for Nebraska. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Uh, before we get into some more recruiting talk, Sip, what do you got for us? Oh, this, spon- <clears throat> this, this segment is sponsored by Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Really quick trip down Highway 2, um, Chevrolet, GMC, Ford, Dodge, Jeep, uh, Ram. Probably get a pretty good truck there. Give You're a truck much. guy. Yeah, I am a truck guy, and I'm sort of in the market. So it's probably a trip I'm going to be making here pretty soon. Larson Motors, Nebraska City. Try it out. All right. Proud sponsor here. Uh, this segment with Steve Sipple and Robin Washington and I here on the Husker Line Show. But let's talk recruiting um, now for Nebraska. They had a big weekend. Nine official visitors come in. Um, I mean, I think we're going to get some commits yeah. um, that come out of this weekend. Um, you know, we're taping on Wednesday. We expect some things to happen here as the week moves on. Um, but I, I think in general, this big picture, things are going to move quick. Like the numbers are going to really start to move um, with this recruiting class. I know they had nine visitors last weekend. They felt good about and, it. You could, I mean, I think they could get. They're going to get at least five of the nine, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think they could. They could get close to all nine. I mean, that's what's interesting. Yeah, the staff felt. 
I mean, they can't obviously talk about individuals, but they felt very good coming out of that weekend. And it, But you know what? They need to start. There needs to be some movement now. So, yeah, that was good. And then and I think they got some momentum out of Texas, too. And you, you look at, um, you know, Caleb Pyfram's a local guy from Omaha. Okay. That's somebody that I'm watching. I mean, I think he's got to kind of make his decision, though, in June. I don't know if his spot would be held. So he's a guy to watch, you know, this month in the coming weeks because, you know, as for Nebraska, I think – there's a deadline there, but he Daniel Kalen and him ha, have a good relationship. And I think Daniel Kalen has been kind of the X factor. Having his presence around these weekends um, has made a big difference. He jumped in. He said he would. Um, he was very intentional that way. And he's around a lot already. And, and that's the way it should be with a, I, I'm going to say, high-profile quarterback. I mean, he's high-profile enough to get that elite, elite 11 national invite. You got it. I mean, that quarterback position, there's a lot that goes with it. It's hard to be an introvert, you know, to, at that position. You can, you can be. be. It's hard, right? There's probably you some. It's going to be really find. good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at the college level, it's really, yeah. it would be really hard because you got to be involved in recruiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nebraska really hasn't had a lot of, I mean, good quarterbacks that weren't great leaders. Right. It's hard. I mean, come on. That position is a leadership position. You know, so you got to have guys. And yeah, exactly. And and what I've seen from Kalen is he does embrace that. And you know what? That at Elite Eleven, they they have. I mean, that's part of their teaching. They they teach those kids the impact they have on other people and the impact they have on their teammates and what why it's such a big it's it's such a big job. It's not just an X's and O's completion percentage interceptions it's the impact you have on your school your community people remember their interactions with you that's a lot i mean it's such that's it always seems like a lot to me for a kid i would make the case that now is probably the greatest responsibility on high school quarterback especially commits for peer recruiting in the era of social media and the amount of work they have to do yeah to tweet at all the players, you know, and, and come on visits when they're not even, you know, they're there not to help involved. out recruit. They're just basically to help the staff oh, that's a great recruit. Point. And so the, 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 the workload just in that regard for a guy like Kalen, um, compared to previous quarterbacks before him, before social media became what it was, I think is greater than ever. Yeah, I, I do. And it's, it's fitting that they're paid now. It is. It really I mean, is. It's fitting. <laughs> it's, it's a job. Fitting. Yeah. <laughs> As far as uh, other things to watch recruiting-wise, obviously Mario Buford's one. Um, I, I've got my RPM for him to Nebraska. You do. Joseph Anderson, I've got an RPM for him to Nebraska out of St. Louis. Okay. Um, he's the edge player. Um, but I think I think it's going to move quick. Uh, they've had some other visitors in this week. Marcus Easley, who we're going to have a recruit spotlight with, um, he's on an unofficial. He was at Georgia this weekend on an official. He's going to go to Oklahoma, Alabama, Tennessee. Um, but he's in Nebraska right now. Um, for an unofficial visit. We'll talk to Marcus on the YouTube channel and on Husker Online this week. Um, Simple, one of the guys that we saw this week uh, was Malik Esquera uh, from Killian, Texas. He came out to the Mary Hardin Baylor oh, yeah. s- uh, satellite camp. He'll be on his official visit. Brian Munson just confirmed that okay. t- Tuesday, June 13th. Okay. And then Braylon Prude um, will be here, who Nebraska offered last night as we're taping this show Wednesday. They set his official up with him last night. He's coming June sixteenth. Yeah, that moved off, that moved very quickly. It's not like he had a, bit, a lot of big time offers. Who was the kid that was sitting in the stands? What was his name? Um, a squa- um, Squara. A Squara. A Squara. Yeah. That was an interesting scene. He wasn't working out at Mary Harden Baylor, but he was. His presence was very notable. Like, That's common though. These satellite. There's yeah. always kind of a camp within the camp when you go to a satellite camp. Yeah. There's. There's other, like you saw it in Houston. There were like those four star receivers that showed up for right. 2025 and right. didn't work out. They, they just kind of roam around and, and work the work yep. the the ropes a little bit and talk to people. Talk to the well, namely the coaches. They particip- I mean, they paid to join the camp though. It wasn't like they were not a part of it. They just chose not to work out. Yeah, they don't have to. A square falls under that category too. He doesn't. Ha- he doesn't really have to work out. He was there with his mom, just watching the coaches. And that's, I mean. I don't know. You guys have been around this stuff a lot more than I have. It's really beneficial to me to see that. I mean, it would be beneficial as a 
big-time safety recruit to just to go watch Nebraska's coaches in action because they are in action. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're out coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's – I totally understand it. What do you guys think of the week that Michael Burt had, Creighton Prep, pulling in three Big Ten oh, offers, yeah, including from Nebraska? Four Big Ten offers. Four Big Ten offers. Yeah, Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) was that how surprising was that? Um, So here's the story on Michael Burt. I mean, as a junior, he had an okay year. He he wasn't like, you know, Craig Prep had some other guys on the team, but he always projected. And I think at one point he always thought he was a baseball player. He's now realized he's a football player, a prospect. Okay. And when you see Michael Burt, you know, we had him at the in-state tour, relatively unknown. I mean, we – we at Husker or at Husker line on three. We we had the only recruiting profile recruited, uh, you know, built for this guy for like the last six months. No one else has had a page built for this kid even. I mean, so he's not really on the map. But when you see him, you immediately like, wow. What? Why? He's all of six six. He's athletic. He was a three sport athlete at Creighton Prep: mm-hmm. baseball, basketball, football. That's mm-hmm. hard to do mm-hmm. at a school yeah, like yeah, that. It's a good program. He's a good student. Um, so that that will be interesting. Um, he was supposed to have been at Nebraska's camp Sunday. Did not make it. Um, not not anything bad. He just couldn't make it. Um, he went to Iowa and then Minnesota. Offer offer. Creighton Prep will be at Nebraska's team camp as well. Elkhorn South. They'll have him on campus for three days. When will that be? Uh, this not this week, but the next week. Okay, that's something to watch. Yeah, the team camp, and all you know. I know Columbus Lakeview usually goes to that, Elkhorn South, Prep. They've they've been regulars the last few years, so I'll be curious if all those teams are there again. But, um, yeah, you, you would like hit their chances with Michael Burt. I mean, I, I just – I think that's one that's going to work out. And so much gets made about Nebraska not being the first offer. Like, we got to get over that. Like – why, why do you say that? I mean, this coaching staff's only been here for, like, three months, four months. I mean, like, right. it, it's kind of hard to – to like, be first out of the gate on some guys because you, you haven't had the evaluation time is what you're getting. Yeah, when, when you haven't been able to see them. Right. Does it feel like the attention to Nebraska prospects is higher than maybe it used to be? Like these kind of under-the-radar guys that might not be the the, the known commodities, mm-hmm. like they're getting attention now, it seems, at a, like at a much higher rate. And do you think that's because other team, other schools – are devoting more attention to scouting Nebraska and finding sure. those guys, whereas Nebraska would always – they just fall into Nebraska's lap and they would be the first offer? I mean, some of it – you look at Kansas State. You have Connor Riley there. You have you have um, you know guys on that staff that know the area. <coughs> okay. You have Kansas. You got Lance Leipel. Yeah. So you got the two Kansas Lance gets up here a lot. With people. you got Iowa State, who's had a track record here the last few years. Comes Iowa's over. always Iowa. had a track yeah. record. So Comes over. You've got four power fives. Illinois – has kind of kicked the tires in Nebraska more. Minnesota has always kicked the tires, uh, but they've never got anybody. Hmm. They got Avante. Oh, they didn't get They Avante. did not get They Avante. tried to get They, they tried, tried to, get. yeah. Here's the deal, Rob. Here's what I think. It's part part of the discussion is Nebraska right now, they're not they're, getting the They're high vulnerable. Prof- they're not getting the high-profile players. They're not. I mean, not, the, not what they want necessarily mm-hmm. right now because they're not in a position to. So they might – Nebraska itself might be putting a little more attention on some of these development on developmental players from around here. I think they have to. I I mean I my what I and I think Sean's knows this too. They're in a they're in a very challenging time right now in Nebraska because of that because of the losing has made them vulnerable and they do, they don't it's harder to get those high-end kids. Mm-hmm. So you really got to be smart about getting kids that maybe aren't being recruited by the Alabamas, Georgias, Oklahomas, mm-hmm. Tennessees, et cetera. But they're good. you, you got to find them. Guys, think about this. That's like, what this tri- trip was about in some way. Guys that are recruiting haven't seen Nebraska in a bowl game since they were like in fifth grade, <laughs> sixth grade. God. My daughter's in third grade going in fourth. I mean, it. Right. And she she's not going to remember like that kind of – I mean, so like that's what you're trying to sell. Like right. you don't have any postseason or – well. And, it's a whole other show, uh, but they did qualify for a bowl in 2020, and they voted not to go to a bowl. Yeah, we don't need to do that. Like that, that, that will just get me just mad. Twisting the knife. Over yeah, <laughs> this is a happy show. We're, we're, we're lo- lo- light it's on June sleep. 7th. I don't need to get mad about 
Because that record that you're seeing, everyone's like, oh, the longest. So it, it would have been over if they would have just played in the bowl game. Oh, there's challenges. There's, they're going down in Texas and recruiting kids who don't even know what conference Nebraska's in. You know, it's true. Well, That's and, a fact. And to that point, you know, this, I think, further emphasizes the importance of this staff's strength of identifying talent, not just before everybody else, but at different positions down the road three to four years and see what they can be mm-hmm. in the future as opposed to what they are right now. All right. I think that's more important than, than maybe ever here. Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back, Abby Barmore will join us. We'll get an update on Nebraska volleyball in Brazil from Abby, and we'll take your questions in the mailbag next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Let's welcome in Abby Barmore, who's still bitter at me for not letting her go to Brazil. (laughs) Uh, But it was a very good trip, Abby, for the Nebraska volleyball team in Brazil. Uh, Give us a quick recap. How did it go out there for them? Yeah, so they actually played four games. The first three were in a tournament, and they were against, like, under-19 teams. So they had some good players, but Nebraska dominated them, swept all of them. And I don't even know if anyone scored 15 points in a set against Nebraska. So they did really good, and all every single player played. They really mixed up the roster. And then yesterday, on Tuesday, they actually played um, Brazil's under-21 team. So that was a big game for them, and they're actually they were the best team that they played, kind of by far. Them. Yeah, and they swept them. But the first game they had to come back from like a big deficit, so that was really good for them to have to figure out how to do that and lean on each other. And then also the big thing I would say is who started for that game, mm-hmm. and the setter for that was Bergen Riley, and she did really good. And oh boy, yeah, oh a boy. true freshman. Yeah, she's a true freshman. Okay, we got, a, we got a quarterback battle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the mailbag, Abby. Where are you starting us off at? Okay, which positions are in trouble of a starter? If a, if a starter gets injured or not. You know what's interesting about that question? Besides quarterback, which you guys correctly identified in the chat as the position that would be that would be affected the most, is there a really a position that you feel like – Center. Is, Center. Ben Scott. Well, you, Ethan, Ethan Piper can fill in there. He can move in there seamlessly. Hey, Ethan of, Piper. Seamlessly? I mean, what, say seamlessly. He started what do you think the level of drop-off between Ben Scott – Ethan well, Piper. 28 career at starts center. for Ben Scott at center. I, I Piper, I mean I I don't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly concerned in the press box if it happened. There were people saying Ben Scott was the best overall offensive lineman on the on the entire unit coming out of spring ball. Well, I there would be a drop off, but but I don't think it would be an alarming drop off. Okay. Who else could you throw in there? Could you throw Turner Corker in Ty there? Robinson? No. At center. Oh. Oh, I'm saying, oh, I oh, thought yeah. you were in the yeah. conversation. Ty Robinson at center. Interesting. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Nash Hutmacher to center. The rumors are flying. <laughs> um, oh, if you lost Ty Robinson. Yeah. Okay. That's a big one. I mean, just de- yeah, the depth. Even Nash would be big. Yeah, depth. They just don't have any veteran depth there. Right. Like, okay. MJ Sherman would be a hit, but they have – I do think Billy Kemp would be a hit because of the punt returns. And okay. he's their number one receiver. Mm-hmm. He's could He's by far their most productive could, wide receiver. We'll see. Him. Marcus Washington has nowhere near the c- career productivity. Billy Kemp was one of the all-time leading receivers. Well, I know, in I know history. Kemp's credentials, but there's a couple guys on that team. I mean, the, a guy just got eligible named Xavier Betts too. I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if one of those other guys was their number one receiver. And it could be a. You, we could just be splitting hairs. Kemp maybe more catches. A couple of those other guys more yards, you know, but I get what you're saying. They're going to go to camp a lot, a lot, of, and a lot of it's going to be short type stuff. What do you call those routes? Sticky routes. Sticky mm-hmm. routes. I mean, you'll see camp on a lot of sticky routes. He won't be the only one. What about corner? What no, about, I, like, I, what I, if, I like. I, they got. What depth. if Quentin Newsom went down? 
They got, got options. Death. They got death because you might think of Buford, for instance, as a safety, but he can play corner. Mm-hmm. They refuse to label positions. Evan Cooper, again, said to me, we have defensive backs, not positions. And the linebackers are the same way. And everybody in our crazy Nebraska media way, we want to identify every position. And who's the backup nickel? And, mm-hmm. and you know, our nutty Nebraska coverage. Well, Sean, thing. you are leading the nut. I, I, I am. I am leading the <laughs> nutty. But, but the coaching staff is quick to always say. No, you're right. Everybody plays every position. You know, like they, they right. kind of shut down the, the special features on, you know, this guy is a certain, you know, they want everybody to learn everything. So, I do think that versatility will mm-hmm. help. Um, what do you got next, Abby? What do you think of Scotty McCreary performing after Volleyball Day in Nebraska? Uh, personally underwhelmed. I didn't even know who he was. Okay, until interesting. I heard that and so mm-hmm. looked it up. Eh, whatever. It's not about the concert. No. It's about the Volleyball Day. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's just kind of a bonus. But can you imagine if they would have gotten, like, you 2 <laughs> Foo Fighters, <laughs> yes. Bono. I mean, they're already 91 plus. Yeah. And that's with Scotty McCreary. That's impressive. Then all of a sudden, those like cheap <laughs> tickets that, you know, like, the cheap tickets are very inexpensive. There'd be a scalper's market. Skyrocket. Like if there was a legit concert tied in. I mean, when basketball would bring in, it was always interesting in those scrimmages you guys would do for basketball. They'd bring in some like big name, like rap artists. Mm-hmm. There probably a lot of people would come to PBA that have never been. Oh, absolutely! To a Nebraska. There were two very different crowds at those things. There's the people that are watching the scrimmage or the uh, workout, and there are the people there for the concert. Mm -hmm. You could see it was a pretty clear distinction. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. You bring in new exactly. Yeah, you got people that had probably never watched Nebraska basketball Mm -hmm. in PBA watching Nebraska basketball. Bring in another type of fan. New fans. So maybe that maybe get some of that. Scotty McCreary. Will people all stay for the concert? Or is it, I mean, the match is quick. Like, do you with, think with that many people, I'll bet you there's a lot that try to beat traffic? Yeah. I don't know if I want to deal with filing out of Memorial Stadium. How, when's it end? Do you know? Like, what's the time frame on that? Well, Nebraska's game starts at seven. Oh, yeah. So, so they didn't, late. they didn't even put an estimate on when Scotty would go on. 9 yeah. 30. And then, probably. so there's yeah. going to be like the stage set up and all that. So it's, it's on a be Wednesday. A yeah. Though the stage will be out there, right? Yeah. They'll have it all. But the, you got to imagine there's going to be some sort of transition. There. I don't, I mean, it's pretty, I think they're, the way they have that map of it, I mean, they, they show it all kind of already pre built into the field because the volleyball court on the football field the small little okay fly Dot. yeah either way it's gonna be a late show it i'll is. bet you the the crowd for the nebraska match compared to the crowd for the concert is gonna be less when it pro- i mean i'm not Far gonna less. i don't want to call the shot here but i mean they'll probably sweep uno i mean they're, yeah. if, if they're have you done putting- your scouting <laughs> report on uno yet you have they, a full-blown scouting report i do not have a full-blown one but they are actually a good team and two years ago, when they played Nebraska, they took them to five sets. Oh. <laughs> that would be, be that would be interesting, <laughs> or the upset would be interesting. Can you imagine if they lost that? <laughs> Break the world record for women's sporting event. They bring the UNL basketball out. coach up on the stage for the concert. This is our house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. You know, you got to think like a coach, John has to think about that. You gotta, he's got to get his athletes ready to roll. It's, yeah, I can't it's not imagine. just a party for them. I can't imagine that team like just going through the motions on that stage. Like you could see like they're at home and it's against, you know, what is considered a lesser opponent. On that thing like they will not lose that game. Maybe that UNO's just real, what if UNO's just really good in windy conditions? <laughs> they could play the elements. Well, well, John Cook, just strangely <laughs> good with the wind blowing. And this will be good stuff for Abby just as leading up. Will they practice outside? Yeah, that's a good question. That's yeah. a very um, good all, question. All of the teams will have one practice outside. But I wonder if John would take his players outside for other I would. I would. Would he have access to like go on the field and like do well, drills like literally on the Memorial well, Stadium not field with a field because they're gonna have the court down. Yeah, no. but I'm just like for like adjusting to the ball in that stadium oh. with this. The, yeah, all they the could things just be passing. They're gonna out be there. under the lights. Well, maybe not under the lights. It'll be bright enough. Any but. Nebraska football coach would tell you the wind swirls in that place. And the serving marks are gonna be hard to hit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Really hard. I mean, it's very, it's, I think it's fascinating, intriguing conversation. And, you know, in volleyball, like, it's not just like serve the ball wherever. I mean, they, they, I mean, you, you, I mean, it's Carly, for Carly, it would. It's an exact point, right, Abby? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, if you're an inch or two off, like, you're not doing, I mean, they want your serve, like, where they tell you every time. Yeah. Before every serve, John Cook has a big board that he has and he puts his hand behind it, has a number on it. And then each number has its own zone. Hmm. So that's where they're expected to serve. This is Sean like doing this karch cry over there. <laughs> All right. We got time for one final question. Okay. Our last one. You guys have been to a lot of camps over the years in Lincoln and also satellite camps. So what is the most talented camp you've been to? And what has been your wildest experience at a camp? Um, Sean. FIU, Butch Davis, Adidas camp tour. I mean, there, there was like a thousand kids there. And I, I'm Whoa. not exaggerating. Whoa. Mm. And they had jerseys on with numbers. And it was, you know, I remember Greg and Nate Klaus, we, we were just like, this is the best collection of kids we've ever seen. But Butch did not want to give any of the other Adidas schools the roster. So nobody had a roster. And I mean, you're, you're just watching four, 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 five running right by you everywhere, everywhere. And, <laughs> You know, Mike, Mike Riley comes up to me and he goes, God, Sean, there's a lot of kids here. It'd, it'd be nice though, to know who they are. You know, like in, in Butch wanted to recruit all those guys to FIU. So, you know, he doesn't want to give away any of these kids' names sure. to the other Adidas schools that could get them out of Miami at that time to go. And, and you know, he was really protective. Like there were some <laughs> office staffers that traveled with Nebraska. Todd McShane, who's now at Northwestern with Pat Fitzgerald, he couldn't go into the camp. He could travel with them, but couldn't go in the camp. So he's like, I'm going to go hang out in the FIU offices. Butch kicked him out of the offices. He goes, you can't be up here. You got to get out of here. Wow, Butch. Um, he, he was – he um, That's the right move, by the way. I wouldn't want an opposing coach hanging in my office. And then Seriously, he, I mean. Then he roasted Shenander. I'll never forget this. Like, he goes Butch up to – Yeah, and he goes, hey, you going you gonna to coach, coach, or are you just going to be one of those guys that stands around in the back? And, and, and Shenander goes, I'll coach, coach. Where do you want me, coach? Tell me where to go. You know, and like, it, it was, it was, that was an interesting interesting day. There, yeah. Sean. I mean, it was, well, there was a lot of talent. And then Ken Dorsey, <clears throat> who's now an NFL offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. he the was Bills. like the director of facilities at FIU. And so he led us in around the facility. It was me, Nate, Greg, and Ken Dorsey. And he's walking us around. I'm like, this is the guy that pretty much, changed the trajectory of Nebraska's program with that Rose Bowl performance. Oh, yeah, it might have changed before then a little bit. A little bit before, but... A little bit. I mean, Colorado. Those right. Miami ones are always... That was Ken Dorsey leading you around? Yeah. I'll be darn. It's got to be... Uh, Sean, I'm, I'm not going to top that. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as the most talent I've ever seen at a camp, it has to be that Friday Night Lights camp back in 2017. Mike Parsons. Oh, Buki, uh, who else? Max Dugan was there. Yep. I mean, like, just go down the that's, list. That's Wasn't impressive. Robert Griffin's son there, too, from the Big Ten? Howard Griffin. Howard, Howard Griffin. Griffin. Yeah, yep. not Robert he was there. Howard Griffin. And <laughs> a bunch of, like, four star Marcus Washington was there. Yep. Well, there was, like, 8,000 fans at the camp. Yeah, about I mean, that? That, that was a spectacle. Well, and Parsons was catching passes he was like a receiver, right? That was the most impressive high school athlete I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. He's a linebacker, for those the uninitiated. This is Micah Parsons, the linebacker, who was – Who's catching passes like a wide receiver? Burning four star cornerbacks off the line and catching touchdowns. Oh, he's doing pretty Mike good. Mike Riley <laughs> may not have won a lot of games here, um, but he, man, he, those camps were really good. I mean, yeah, he won. He started that conversation about winning the offseason, I thought. Mm-hmm. People bring that up on the board a lot. I think that's where it really started. Yeah, that's with, what, with Riley. The level of hype yeah. coming out of that event was unbelievable. Right. Because you actually thought Nebraska might get some of these guys. Well, they didn't. They didn't get any of them. A lot of bridesmaids. <laughs> a lot of bridesmaids. But it was fun at the time. It was fun at the time. Not, and even in some cases, not even making the groom's party. You're, you're like an usher at the wedding. I mean, yeah. they, <laughs> Damn it. Um, but it was fun. You're the, you're the guy that helps haul equipment in and out of the reception. Bridal attendance. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we'll close the show. Um, more on Xavier Betts. Yes. More on basketball. And we'll give a quick thought on will Bolt's move firing or parting ways uh, with Jeff Christie. That's next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Watchhead. Thanks again to Abby Barmore for joining us on the mailbag. Uh, but let, let's get into Xavier Betts because, you know, a couple of the other news notes we learned. Number one, Xavier Betts, fully eligible had to take a load of credits to get eligible and pass them all. No questions asked. And then uh, Arik Gilbert, no update with him, but don't freak out. Like, the, the, it's a process. And I, I think. Well, that, a couple things, Sean. Um, Betts, Damon Benning on Twitter said it was 21 hours he had to pass. Hmm. Uh, Betts, according to Garrett McGuire, who gushed about Xavier Betts, never missed a meeting. You know, during spring ball, never missed a practice. Now, that's different. That's different than the Xavier Betts we knew before he left the program in March of 2022, right? He did miss practices. He, you know, he, I think meetings were probably an issue, but didn't miss practice, didn't miss meetings. Looked good. I thought he looked good in the spring game. He, he, he was in great shape, uh, physical condition. So that's a great story. And he's going to be a major factor for this team. I imagine he'll be a starter is what I, I would think. They'll certainly have a chance. Yeah. I mean, he's firmly in the top four discussion right now. Sure. And you can make a strong case to be top three. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree. You're talking about Billy Camp. 100%. Yeah, 100. Marcus Washington. Yeah. Um, and then Xavier. Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda would be the top competition for that third spot. Yeah, and if you're talking about the top just – Four or five right guys now, overall. I'm putting Fedoni in the conversation. Throw a tight end in there. They like Taihan. Don't I mean he 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 okay. can fight for some snaps. Okay. I mean, like that's another guy that we don't mention. Now the important thing to mention on Eric Gilbert is this: they only filed the waiver in the last three weeks, so it's not like they yeah. filed the waiver weeks, months ago, and are waiting. They're not. That's not the case. They fought. They were very in, intent on firing on, on filing a very detailed. Waiver. It's not just something you write a few paragraphs and send it to the NCAA. It's just, it's, I'm sure it's very well thought out. So it hasn't been a long wait. The waiver just went in a few weeks ago. Now they're waiting. Yeah, I know with basketball, they've had guys where they've needed waivers, uh-huh. and you have to be so meticulous yes. with those deals. And there's no rush to it because once the waiver's in, mm-hmm. you're done. And then it's just a matter of time for when the NCAA gets around to it. But as long as you do it right, you got a high chance of getting it approved. There you if go. you screw something up, right. then you're then you're cooked. Right, and I think with Gilbert, it's you know I imagine it's fairly involved. Yeah. I mean, no one just my familiar familiarity with his background would suggest it's probably pretty involved. What do you? All right, basketball, Robin. Um, a lot of ground Oops. you want to cover here. Yep. Um, Kase Tomanaga back, which we last week knew was going to probably be the case, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of other kind of moving parts with the roster yeah it became official uh, a week ago last Wednesday night so like you said not unexpected but certainly good news for Nebraska just because he's going to be a key part of everything they do Um, he's going off to Japan now uh, to compete with the Japanese national team uh, at the FIBA World Cup this summer so it's unfortunate from Nebraska's side to not have a guy that's going to be so critical in what you do uh, to not be here all summer. Um, he's going to miss the Spain trip. He's going to miss all summer workouts. And he might not even be back in Lincoln until the start of, after the start of the fall semester, depending on how well Japan does in the tournament. So, but, you know, that's what are you going to tell him, not to go represent his country right. at, like, one of the biggest stages in the world? So, right. yeah. So, it, it, it's good news is he's, stick, he's sticking around. He's coming back. Bad news is he might not be here until early September. Now, Nebraska has two open scholarships officially to fill, and they're well on their way uh, towards you know, filling those. Uh, the big one is, now, you can just call Mongolian Mike, okay? He's a 6'8", transfer from Dayton, was a freshman last year at Dayton. He, Dayton he's the first Division One basketball player from Mongolia. So kind of a little bit of history there. Uh, his last name is, uh, Shar- here we go, Shar- Sharuv Jumps. Hmm. That's all, the only way I'm going to try it. Either way, uh, he's a very interesting player in that he was a four-star recruit 
out of high school. He was, before he even arrived at Dayton, was being talked about as a potential NBA draft pick. But he struggled last year. He didn't, I mean, his numbers are mediocre at best. He was inconsistent, never got a shot going, and, and just was not a fit there. So he hits the transfer portal. And as of taping, he's down to Nebraska, Memphis, and San Francisco. <clears throat> From what I've heard, it's going to be Nebraska, San Francisco. Like, th- those are the top two. And the reason San Francisco's involved there is they do a really good job in recruiting internationally. Like, that's kind of where they hang their hat. So uh, they've got a lot of connections there with, with the international basketball community. But so does Nebraska. And so we're waiting word if there's going to be a visit uh, with sometime this week. But I think if they get him on campus, they're going to have a strong case. Uh, they see him as one of those big point guards, like a Delano Banton. Uh, Sam Greasel type. Um, he is 6'8", but he's an extremely good facilitator. So that all being said, um, that's certainly one to watch. The other one would be Simeon Wilcher. He's a familiar name, younger brother yeah, of CJ yeah. Wilcher, current yeah. Husker, former five-star recruit uh, to Roselle Catholic. And so every team in the country is going to be looking for him. Um, he'll have G League opportunities. He'll have overtime elite opportunities. Um, he just got his release today on Wednesday. So you know, there, I think there's no rush with this decision, but Nebraska has a couple wild cards. They got CJ, and those two are extremely close. Okay. It's like a Bryce and Trey McGowan's type thing. Oh, boy, thing. this could get interesting. They also have Jamarcus Lawrence, who's like Simeon's best friend and former high school teammate at Roosevelt mm. Catholic. So, what, what position are we talking about here? Point guard. I'll point guard. Former top 10 rated point guard. Hold on. So Hold on. But again, this is a player that was being recruited by everybody, and he could go straight to the G League if he wanted to. So we'll see what's going on with that. But with two open spots, pretty convenient timing for Nebraska to have some scholarships to play with with those two guys, two potential NBA players now on the market. Yeah, Simeon. There's a chance. There's a chance. I don't know. I I mean, obviously a much better chance with Mongolian Mike and the Mm -hmm. fact that Nebraska's already in the top three. But Wilcher is interesting, man. Yeah, that's I mean, really like, interesting. Nebraska can't compete with a lot of different things, but they got CJ and they got Jamarcus. And they got the fact that Wilcher's family loves Nebraska. They love Hoyberg. Yeah, I just don't think you count Nebraska out of that discussion yeah, so at all. I don't. Keep an eye. All right. Finally, big changes <clears throat> in Nebraska baseball. Will Bolt shakes things up with his staff. Pitching coach Jeff Christie, former Husker, Lincoln Southeast product, um, parting ways – um, mutually parting ways is, as I believe, how the announcement read with Will Bolt. But well, let's call it what it was. I mean, they they made a move, and you know, Nebraska failed to make the regionals. Um, and you know, you can say a number of reasons why they didn't make the regionals. Uh, but Will Bolt makes a move on his staff, and I think now the question is: Is Rob Childress going to be elevated back to the pitching coach? Would he want to be the pitching coach again? What does Will Bolt do with it's that? A, it's a layered conversation. First of all, this could not be this could not have been easy for Will Bolt. I that's my guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was. I doubt it though. He's been I mean, he and Christie were teammates on the mm-hmm. two thousand five College World Series team at Nebraska. They were together here since two thousand nineteen. They were also together with Rob at Texas A and M. I mean, this is a tight crew. This is a, an example of business. This is not I mean, you you know, they're friends, I'm sure. They're, they're close, but this business, um, this couldn't have been easy for Will. I, 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 and I don't know that it – I wonder if it – you know, everybody's just sort of assuming that Rob would take this pitching coach job. But what you have to think about is, first of all, Rob Childress, he wouldn't be the boss. He'd be working for Will. And second of all, now he's back on the road. He's back on the fire. He's on the ro- – he, you know, in that position, you're going to be on the road a lot – the pressure ramps up. Does Rob want that right now? He's also being considered for some head coaching jobs, too. Well, their door closed on a few. that are yeah, Wichita, Wichita State, State and Missouri. And Missouri. Now, so. But Alabama? See, yeah. Uh, uh, some people are sort of that. surmising, and there's a lot of assumptions going on right now, that the door closed on a few jobs. So now that's why Will made the move now. Door closed on a couple jobs for Rob. Okay, let's let's just go ahead and do this. Maybe that's what's going on. Yeah, it will be. I mean, if he could pull off getting Rob Childers to be his pitching coach, that'd be quite a coup. It sure would. I mean, Rob, it's, that's very interesting because Rob could be a head coach, right? Um, yeah, I, it's a really interesting story for sure. And and I, and I would say this on behalf of Christie. You said you kind of said it, Sean. I mean, it, 
Pitching wasn't that bad. They're a top three staff in the Big Ten the last couple of years. They didn't have the depth, as Sean pointed out a few times yesterday on the road. Um, they got into guys. it a lot a bit. They, yeah, they, 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 they came up short in the midweek mm-hmm. a lot, and that hurt them. And those five or six midweek losses cost them, them the region. No doubt about yeah. that. And that's a pitching depth issue. So they came up a little short on – or significantly short on depth. And also their, you know, their Sunday start their Sunday starter job was muddled. Um, that all does fall back on the pitching coach. All right. Well we've got a full weekend of camp coverage on the site. There'll be camps all weekend in Lincoln. So I will have coverage of that. Um, and then more official visitors uh, coming up next weekend as well as midweek visitors. Marquis Easley, while we recruit Spotlight, posted on him as well. Check that out on the YouTube and the podcast channel. Like, follow, subscribe to us here on the Husker Online YouTube channel page. Uh, we got a great deal going on. $1 for three months of access to HuskerOnline.com. Or right now, limit time offer. 50% off a sub right now. $49.99 for an entire year of HuskerOnline.com. Thanks again for joining us here. Uh, make sure you log on to HuskerOnline.com. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.